Welcome to the Metalist, where we discuss our top five personal favorites. Yeah. Is that what you want to call it? We can all things metal, all things distorted guitars. If you dig it, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Don't forget, rate and review, like and subscribe, give us a follow, maybe give us a share. Now, you know what time it is? What time is it? I'm ready for some fucking God Hammered. The metal And now your hosts, David Dilo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is the Metalist. Good morning for us. Good whatever it is, whatever time you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this Metal List podcast. Apparently I'm William Shatner all of a sudden. Oh, just say it normal. Yeah. Metalist podcast. There we go. Yeah. Dave. I am the end of the world. Also known as Jason. Jason, yeah. Today we're talking about a little band from apparently Chicopee, Massachusetts, if if Wikipedia is to be believed, even though I know one dude lives in the Bay Area, one dude lives in North Carolina, one dude lives in Iowa. They're 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 an American band, let's say. Today we're talking about the Acacia Strain. They are the mm. end of the world. Fun stuff. And appropriately enough, this was not planned, but I am very, very not caught up on sleep right now. So I'm in a semi-Vincent headspace, we'll call it. There's your hashtag for the week. Vincent so, headspace? Semi-Vincent headspace. Semi-Vincent yeah. headspace. Not full Vincent. There's another a long one. one. Yeah. Uh, let's start it off as we always do. What's your first exposure? MySpace. MySpace? Okay. Yeah, well, actually, Wikipedia, I think. Fair enough. <laughs> I was looking up some stuff of, well, I, so I was really into Killswitch Engage, and I was, I remember looking up, I, see, I saw that uh, Adam D was a producer. Right. So I looked up some of the projects he had produced. I'm pretty sure it was Wikipedia. Fair enough. And I saw Acacia Strain. It was 3750. So I was looking up Adam D's producing credits and i had seen some acacia strain albums on there i don't know how i'm not sure how many i think he did at least two Uh, i think one he he got credit for producing it or something but he didn't actually really i don't know something like that i I read something about that it was was like his because it was his first producing credit Mm -hmm. yeah i mean technically it's almost like he's like interning or something i guess i don't know there's three but they choose not to uh acknowledge that first one even though so he did dead walk too yeah it might i mean that might have been out i'm not sure it was their first three albums but like i remember i specifically remember seeing 3750 i also remember that they when they one of the things i first heard about them uh was that they had three guitar players yeah which is something they haven't had for no, a long it's been a, time. Been a little while, but yeah. I mean, if you listen to the albums, you'd swear to God they had three guitar players. Absolutely. Granted, any band could do that with layered tracking and stuff. So, on the videos for at least "Smoke You Later," they have three guitar players present and doing their thing. I don't remember the thirty-seven fifty video. 
even though that's actually what I'm looking up right now. Yeah, that was where I first heard him was MySpace, and then I think I listened to 3750. I'm not real familiar with the Dead Walk. I listened to 3750. That was pretty cool. Like, and then I actually didn't really listen to him again until uh, Wormwood came out. Really? Yeah. So you skipped over Continent? Yeah. No kidding. I heard Continent after Wormwood. Interesting. Okay. I and still don't. I mean, I was just listening to the Dead Walk earlier today and yesterday, and like, I'm not familiar with any of that at all. Like Interesting. nothing. So I mean, I don't even think I'd even heard that one at all. Wow. Because we'll get into it with a song on Wormwood. I, when that album came out, it was just, it was late enough to where I was really in like download mode. Where before it was just kind of like, oh, I mean, well, I mean, even, even before I was in download mode, but I didn't really listen to all the stuff that I downloaded or it was just really quick. So, I mean, without getting too into that, I've said it probably a fucking hundred times on this shit, like, but it was just, you know, you really got to catch me right off the bat when you have that much music. You, you got to catch me right off the bat. Otherwise, it's just it's I don't have time to sit and fucking just go through every fucking thing. Like, there's got to be something that fucking catches me. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so what's your first exposure? That's the thing is I couldn't come up with a clear cut real time, but I think it would be the same thing around the time of MySpace when all these bands. You know, let's see how you, I first heard about Job for a Cowboy was I just saw their name plastered everywhere right and i you know they they were two or bedfellows there for a second it was that whole wave of bands i want to say it was either that or like a magazine or something but i i know for sure the first time i saw them might have actually been the first time i heard them too was uh what they were opening for between the buried and me and the red cord and it was at epicenter in 2005 so they still would have been touring 3750 and that was something man that probably would have been the last time I heard him play that, too, because that was their big song for a while. And then they made a whole point about how they were never going to play uh, Smoke You Later again. That, that's what I meant. Smoke You Later was their big song at the time, and they made a whole point about how they were never going to play that again, but that's what they closed with. And then just kind of followed them from there and just watched their trajectory rise, you know? And, like, it's funny to think the only guy that I think is even in the band still from that first time I saw them probably would be Vincent. Maybe Kevin. But I've seen them a lot since then. And it's funny you bring up Continent, too, because, like, maybe that's perceivably their biggest album. That's what they did the anniversary tour for last year, which I wish I would have seen. They did. It was them doing that in full and after the burial doing shit. What's that big first one that there's two versions of? Spotify. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with after the burial. I know they have the one album that's, like, white with the purple. Yeah, that, that describes a lot of their albums where it's just <laughs> color that's match all color. I got, dude. Yeah, that's all I got. No, that's fair. I mean, it's not an after the burial. I literally episode. know like one of their songs, and I know as Josta introduced it, as like he called it the Egyptian song or whatever. Yeah, rare form. That's the one. Rare form. Well, they did their anniversary run, and I wish I would have seen that. But you know, they've they've traded a lot of different hands as far as people been in that band goes. Not the least of which, let's see. You had their long-running member, DL, who was the guy who wrote most of their music up until two albums ago. Uh, and he's in that band Legend now with the dude from For the Fallen Dreams. You also got uh, Gian, who was the uh, bassist of All That Remains for a really long time after that. 
You also had Daniel DePond, who, very close to my heart, also played in Blood Has Been Shed. And I think he was part of that lineup that uh, when they had three guitar players. And that was the thing, man. How many bands can you think of that you saw have three guitar players at that point? Maybe Maiden? Whitechapel wasn't a thing yet. Periphery wasn't a thing yet. Any any other band like that wasn't really a thing yet. So to see a band that heavy implementing three guitar players at once was pretty cool. Granted, yeah, you didn't need all of them live, really. Yeah, I'd uh, say the only one I ever knew of, aside from, I've ever known, I guess, aside from Maiden, is Whitechapel. Yeah. And then the other, the other thing I can think of, of note was when DL uh, took a seat back from touring and he let dudes just fill in for him live, the guy immediately after that, who I saw them play with live, is now in state champs. Tony Rival Diaz. He was he was filling in for Acacia Strain, and now he now he's in state champs. What an interesting trajectory that is. Why not? I love state champs. Yeah, they're good at what they do. But they've had a pretty stable lineup for a while now. You got Devin Shadaker, who was in Oceano before that. You have Tom Smith, who I don't know what he did before that, but you also have. Um, Griffin Landa, who's homies with Corey Taylor by way of being an Iowa guy. And then Kevin, who to me is a really underrated drummer, dude. I remember Warp Tour two years ago when they played, just watching him just blasting the hell out of those drums. There's all the stories about how he constantly had to get like a new snare drum or something because he hit him so damn hard. I believe it, dude. He He's a fun guy to watch. They really pipe them in pretty loud. I've never seen them live, but I mean, on oh, really? the albums, the oh. drums are, I mean, especially the newer stuff, like, yeah. man, those drums are really forward in the mix. Mm-hmm. He's you a know, hard but, hitter. But I mean, he's got a good sound. and Their whole I, sound's based around percussion, pretty much. You know what I mean? He oh, even described they're his, very percussive. Yeah, DL even described his guitar playing back in the day as percussive. It's an extension of that Meshuggah influence, you know, just really driving, just really thumping. So that's something I wanted to talk about was the sound of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got this really kind of a... Uh, it's weird because on one hand, I struggle with this with Acacia Strain. It's the same as you know some other bands where I get kind of bored listening to them because a that. lot of their stuff sounds the same. Yeah. And it's not super riffy. Mm-hmm. It is more percussive. There's a lot of fucking but the thing that keeps it really interesting is they have this always have this high pitched fucking fucking guitar in the background. They sound like night terrors put to music. That's what it reminds me of. They that's great. It's like a nightmare that you're listening to is what they is what they sound like to me. That is awesome. You know, either either that or some type of fucking depression attack. You know, if if you're gonna bother listen to the lyrics, I mean, I mean, are they the most suicidal band? Are they the most depressive band that there's ever been? Here's the thing: I think you could say, are they the most X band, and you could find somebody better, or not better, but like more so. But it's the way it's delivered. You know what I mean? I. Well, no, because they're not a positive band, dude. Like, no, no, no. Well, you know what, dude? They're, I'm curious to see what this next album is going to be like because he is a very different guy now. And if you hear, if you hear him in interviews and stuff, you're just like, whoa, what, what did you do? I mean, I'm glad for you, but like, all right, cool. So I'm curious to see how that's going to dictate where the lyrics go, if at all. 
But I mean, yeah, if you go all the way back, like there's some borderline, if not, you know, slightly misogynistic stuff in some of those lyrics. Oh, there's quite a bit. But there's yeah. also like this stuff that was was like, on one hand, it like, it kind of sounds cool because it's like really dark. Yeah. Like yeah. they're super fucking dark, oh, man. Yeah. It sounds cool because it's dark with dark music, but. It's also pretty fucked up because I sit there and I, you know, now that I'm older, I start thinking about some kid that might be struggling with depression and he listens to this stuff and he's just like, you know what? Yeah, dude, fuck this shit, mm-hmm. you know, and just fucking ends it or whatever. Now, that's where I'm kind of torn on fucking suicide. I always have these fucking this big tug of war of how I feel about fucking suicide and depression to some degree, but mostly suicide where it's like on one hand, I'm like, you know, well, fuck you then. There's part of me that doesn't care. It's like, well, you know, that's what you fucking did. Like, fuck you, you know. But there's this other part of me. It's like, man, what did you leave behind? You know, it's like, uh, you know, that gets kind of angry about it and thinks you're a piece of shit because you just fucked. Like, everybody that fucking really knew you, you know, like, has to deal with some kind of remorse or fucking mourning. Or it, they, they have to deal with something because of what you fucking did. And to me, that's like, that's fucked up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on the other hand, then there's this other side that's like, like, wow, like that person, you know, was fucked up, you know, and they or just, they just couldn't get the fucking help they needed or maybe they didn't want the help that they like. That's the other thing. I mean, I know we, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, post the fucking suicide awareness hotline and all that sort of thing. Try and help people. Absolutely. But, you know, don't take it too hard when the people don't accept the help because a lot of people just don't. They can't be helped. And it's not because we don't have the methods. It's because it's solely because they refuse to fucking accept the help. And and that's just the fucking reality of the situation, dude. So there's a big tug of war there. Dude, and it's, it's, it's and when you look at the lyrics, man, like you're like, yeah. fuck, how do I feel about this? Because like oh, I said, yeah. there's also this underlying thing of like I'm a metal fan and I do like dark lyrics. I do like disturbing lyrics i do like horror fucking yeah. shock lyrics like and so it's kind of like uh <laughs> i'm getting oh, tugged man. this way i'm getting tugged this way so mostly i mean i just don't really listen to a lot of the like i don't pay attention to a lot of the lyrics in parts but man there's some parts do where it's just like what he's saying sounds so fucking cool with like what the music's going what the music's doing or what it's about to do <laughs> so so I, I, I'm with you, man. Here, here's the trip. I was suicidal for years. That's how a lot of people just know me. They grew up with me in high school because that was the peak of all that for me. I've been on both sides of it, and both sides fucking suck. Awful. I still don't fully comprehend what I did to the people around me because that's just uh, my mind doesn't work that way. That's why I was that way in the first place, right? So then to have it thrown back in my face when my buddy's dad kills himself... Uh, that's a story for a that's a long story for another time but I had to basically wait for the phone call from my buddy because we got notified before he did or before their family did and so we all had to just sit there waiting by our phones and that fucking day sucked because we knew we were going to have to be the first ones that talked to him and I'll just remember forever and ever how much it sucked for him and that he told me that the first thing he thought of was all the times I tried to kill myself. I don't wish any of that shit upon anybody. 
there's always still going to be a little bit of that in me, and it sucks. You know, I could never bring myself to do it, but it's always going to be in the back of the head, you know? And there's a, that's where a little bit of this appeals to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that I would ever consider carrying anything out. It's just like an acknowledgement, you know? Because my whole thing is acknowledgement is not the same as accepting defeat. Acknowledgement, if anything, is confrontation. And that goes for anything, whether it be addiction or any sort of struggle you go through in life, you know? And those the, those are tools for me. And again, well, it's What got be, you out of it? What? what? Well, you want to know what seriously got me out of it? After the one day I thought for sure I was, I was going to bite the dust 16 years ago. When I woke up the next morning, I was like, shit, that didn't work. Well, what do we go, what do, what do we do from here? Because clearly this isn't working, and I, it had to be a very day-by-day -day thing, you know, which it still is. You know, and that was 16 years ago. I'm a very different person now, but, like, it's going to be different for everybody. And that kind of goes hand-in-hand -hand with what you were saying, is that somebody might not take it as a point of empowerment or as a point of acknowledgement. They might take it as... You know, a negative thing. Well, it's weird because, I mean, I know people that were... I've known a couple people that were, like, what I would consider fucking suicidal. I mean, I don't... Well, I don't know if they're suicidal, actually. I guess it was more like they had contemplated it before. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were, like, doing it a lot. But, I mean, I do know that they had thought about it. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know how, to what extent, because, I mean, they didn't really tell me. But, but I also know, like... You know, there's like one of them. It was just like, oh, you know, he fucking ended up meeting this girl, and it was just like, oh, I have something to fuck, you know, and he got a job, and it was just like, oh, I got something to live for, and fucking boom, it just whipped him right out of it. I mean, yeah. to me, that's not you're not fucking suicidal. It's, it's yeah, just it's, your fucking life. It, your life isn't. It's not even that your life sucks. It's your life just isn't what you want it to be. And in in the meantime, you know, of trying to make it fucking better, you're having these. I mean, it it sounds fucking shitty, but you're having cop out fucking thoughts. Mm -hmm. So the other person, they just kind of changed how they thought about things. And it's not like that person's life got any better. I mean, it did, but they didn't. There was no outside changes to their fucking life. It was just they changed the way they thought about things. And it just pretty much went away, you know. And I again, I don't know to what degree it was with either yeah. one of them, really. Yeah. Because like people used to think I was fucking suicidal, and more and more of that was just like that was just more like there's a difference between someone feeling like they're fucking someone being suicidal and someone you know just that like that whole fucking I'm a piece of shit you know like yeah. nobody likes me kind of attitude like. There's a big difference. I know tons of people who fucking, you know, self-loathers and things like that. Like, and they just think everybody hates them, but they're not fucking suicidal at all. Yeah, no. You know, I, if anything, they want to fucking live more just to fucking piss off all the people that they think hate them that probably actually don't. Yeah, what's that quote? The what, what's better revenge than a or revenge than a life well lived or something like that. Well, yeah, the best revenge is living well. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's been said several different times, several different yeah, ways. Yeah, that was, I mean, there's a big difference there, you know. So, I don't, yeah, it's not anything that, as much as people want to make it about, like, this one or two or three ways to fucking go about, you know, quote-unquote, you know, curing or helping, 
you know, it's it's the fact is is this, there's not a, a one way thing, and and like I said, I mean, there are people that are looking actively looking for help to get out of it. Yeah, you know, and then and then there's people that that don't look for you know that won't that don't look for fucking help, and then there's other people that won't accept any help, you know. And the weird thing is, is like all three of those people might do it, they might not. Yep. You know, there are some people that use that shit as attention because they just don't get the attention that they desire. And, you know, and that's kind of a bummer, too, man. Like, the, the fact that you feel like you have to resort to that type of behavior, you know, to get some attention. Like, no one should be that ignored. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's one reason why social media, I think on one hand it can help so much because you can get a little bit of attention. You might have to fucking post something extreme or whatever, but I mean, you can get people because you you can you can fucking reach out to people that aren't in your immediate surroundings. Yeah, you know, and and fuck, there's someone for everybody. So it's like, all right, cool. You know, maybe it's just you and your fucking cat at home, or you and your dog. You start posting pictures of you and your fucking dog. I mean, that's nothing extreme. But you, maybe you meet a bunch of you know, you have a bunch of dog lovers that fucking like your pictures. And I mean, for a little while, I mean, it's kind of fleeting, but for a little while. You get a little bit of attention. That mm-hmm. can fucking help a little bit. But on the flip side, it can also hurt a little bit, you know? I mean, so I only say that because, like, these, some of the fucking songs, like, some of the lyrics in these songs, and granted, he might have been at that point, too. Like you said, he's a diff, kind of a different animal right now. Uh, he refuses to play a lot of the older songs because of where he's at now. Like, right, like, right. And, I, especially, like, those misogynistic ones. He's like, fuck, dude. Just like Daryl from Glassjaw and, you know, how many other people have had a very different change of heart and however many years later. But there is something, and you say you've never seen him live. No. I can't imagine how his stage banner must be different now, dude, because back in the day, whoo, dude. I, oh, man, some of the shit he said on stage. I love it. So that's so here's the other thing, dude. He talks about just hating people. I don't hate people. I just really don't like people a lot of the times. And, like, <laughs> and like so here's the, here's the big difference. I always say my favorite lyrics are Shai Halud. Their whole thing is we hate people because of how awful they are and here's how they could change to aspire to be better to each other and hopefully have a better outcome, which is the right way to go about things. But sometimes you don't want to go the right way. You want to just do the, the fun way. And there's, that's the big thing with about these lyrics. One Against of these, the dark way. Yeah. It makes it interesting. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing that occurs to me is he always cites Peter Steele as one of his favorite lyricists who was not that completely different far off. Speaking of topics about suicide of depression about substance abuse about you name it but he always had the tongue planted a little in the cheek just like vincent you know what i mean like like he wasn't completely serious about all this stuff like shy halud is well also i kind of always figured it was like i guess when i first started looking at the lyrics which was probably i mean i mean this is probably like when i first was listening to wormwood i mean i think what i took it as I'm trying to think if I, at the time when I heard Wormwood, I don't know if I was in full posy mode yet. I was getting there, but I just kind of took it as like, like a lot of artists, they're working out their depression issues through their music. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and so sometimes things do come off as, holy fuck, like this dude fucking hates women or Trent Reznor, or, you know, or, or this dude's suicidal as fuck, like, you know, fucking, you know, Vincent or this guy's fucking depressed and fucking. And, and really, in all actuality, the reason they're not that is they're, because they're getting it out in their music. Exactly, and, it's catharsis. Yeah, so there's 
there's also that angle too. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird. It's there's so much gray area with it that even in my own head, I have my own gray area, and I don't stand a particular way. You know, especially nowadays, if someone came up to me and you know, how do you feel about suicide? I mean, the first thing I probably have to say is depends. You know, or either depends or I don't know. Because it literally could depend on the day. I mean, it could depend on the mood I'm in, how I feel about it. And, you know, honestly, like, I, you know, people could say that's wishy-washy. But, I mean, I don't feel like people have to fucking... No, there's no fucking rule that says I have to feel a certain way about every every anything in life. I don't have to feel a certain way about it, and that's the old like that's that's the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, there's there's A through Z. Like just because that time I choose D doesn't mean I have to stay fucking D the entire fucking time. You know, and and I'm fine with that. And if people have a hard time with that, well, fuck them. Like you you can be a hardliner black and white type of person that's fine with me but you know i i'm not like that i don't operate like that and what do they sometimes say in star wars only Siths yeah. believe in absolutes <clears throat> yeah you know i just don't think like that so yeah it does kind of depend but i mean if you want me to talk about the ways that i feel about it yeah dude like i can talk about that because there's a lot of different ways i feel about it yeah and and depression also you know i think there's people with legitimate depression fucking issues a lot of them that I know have no desire to fucking f- try and fix it. Zero fucking desire. The people that fucking take pills, you know, and it's like, I mean, ultimately what should be happening, you take the pill to fucking feel normal for a little bit so you can work, work through, through your it, shit, yeah. right? Because you can't work through your shit when you're in a fucking depression, depression mode. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is a lot of people just, they just use the pill. Yeah. And they never fucking bother to fix the issue. And then there's other people that, you know, it's, it's you know, you're not depressed, man. You're just fucking sad right now. Mm-hmm. You know, but and then there's other people that I know that, oh, I'm so fucking depressed. And it's like, OK, well, what are you doing right now? You know, and it's like, oh, I'm listening to this fucking thing or I'm watching uh, yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, are you are you doing it on purpose? Mm-hmm. Are it's you the- one of those people that fucking wants to be depressed? Because for some reason you think happiness isn't a real enough feeling for you. The misery loves company thing, right? Well, it's just this idea that fucking life is pain. And mm-hmm. and if you don't have some type of pain or agony or fucking depression or sadness, everything else, for some reason, people, there's some people that equate that with re- real. This is what's real. Right. And it's like, it's no more real than fucking the thing that you think is fake. But for some reason in their head, that's what they've, that's how they've worked it in their head. And so that's how they keep themselves. And they tend to kind of keep themselves down on purpose maybe maybe subconsciously but it is purposeful they keep themselves down right and and then they you know and then they say like oh i'm so depressed i'm so depressed it's like well it's your fucking fault like knock that shit off yeah oh well i can't it's like bullshit have you been clinically diagnosed ah oh, fuck i don't need a fucking doctor to do that i'm like actually you do Right. If you want me to fucking believe it, you need to be clinically fucking diagnosed. At that point, I will fucking say, okay, even then. All right, cool. Go get some fuck. Go talk to a fucking therapist or a fucking psychiatrist. Get some fucking pills so you can level out so that you can fix the problem. There's a there's a lot of 
tug of war too about like I have sometimes I have an issue with people complaining about things that they can change. <laughs> you know, because why complain about it? If you can change it, change it. Right. Then there's no complaint. So, but on the other hand, I just like any other fucking person. I mean, I have complaints too. You know, so I mean, well, it's whatever. But to me, something that big of a deal, like you should. I mean, I was like that. I wasn't depressed, but I was very, very hateful. And that may, you know, that might be some of my like fucking a link to why I like fucking dark stuff and hateful fucking stuff, man. Like it's you know, I used to think like that all the time. Is fucking basically would like, I was the kind of person that would just wake up and I wanted to do two things, man. I fucking wanted to go back to sleep and die. You know, like I just hated waking up. Like I didn't like people. I was very misanthropic, and everybody fucking said, "Wait till you have a fucking kid." And I'm like, "Well, I fucking got two of them." Mm-hmm. Still want to see the fucking world burn? You know, like what's what now? Now what do you got to fucking say? You know, and everybody shuts the fuck up when you say some shit like that, and all of a sudden they have nothing. Yeah. Like the only thing that you can come up with is, "I don't have anything to live for." That's why I hate everything. No. I'm not suicidal. I just fucking hate everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big difference. And at some point, man, I mean, I had to change that. I I was starting to have, like, mental issues. I was getting panic attacks. I was having, like, it was a little more anxiety fucking laden than I normally would be. I was probably a little more depressed than normal. Like, and, and so, <laughs> hey, hey, take it easy. Let her walk around. Quadrupeds with a nice and spike it, in the levels. Like, it took me a long time to get through that. I worked really hard at that. I tried a lot of different things. The one thing I didn't try, well, I actually took some. I went and got, well, I went to the doctor. They gave me a fucking pill. It didn't really do what they said it was going to do. And I kind of flipped out. And at that point, I was like, okay, like, I'm. I mean, I pretty much have to fix this myself. It wasn't like any type of chemical imbalance. And to be completely honest with you, a chemical imbalance, you can't actually change that without a pill. It's called food. It's just no one wants to change their food. I get it. I don't want to change my food either. Burritos are fucking awesome. Chocolate's the shit. Like, but That's a book in itself right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Hashtag fucking burritos are awesome. Chocolate's the shit. Yep. But that's... You know, I, I did a lot of stuff. I met, you know, fucking meditation. I started work. I, you know, started exercising a little bit more. I, I had to be more active as far as I be more proactive in my thoughts. I had to fucking, I did have to change the way I fucking ate. I had to fucking chill out on caffeine and, and Mountain Dew and sugar and stuff like that. I had to fucking change a lot of things. And the, but the biggest one was I had to change the way I thought about things. And dude, it's not that easy. And if I could fucking tell everybody how to do it, I'd be a fucking billionaire right now. That's the bottom line is everybody's got to come to their own conclusion on their own terms. Exactly. You know, not that you can't, what, you know, what's the, you can't lead a horse to water. And force you, can, you can lead a horse to water. You just can't yeah, make it drink. That, but, there we go. But that's the thing, too. So on one hand, when I see these lyrics, I'm like, Jesus, this might be the shit that pops someone over the edge. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though. I know tons of people that listen to this fucking band. They love the fucking lyrics, and they're yeah. nowhere close to and fucking killing themselves or being depressed. If anything, this is what helps them get through to that other side. That's the bottom Kinda, line yeah. of all this shit is this is cathartic music. You know, it's a it's an outlet. It's expression. It's and gnarly of, as fuck. Yeah. And that's the thing is people that are going to take it the wrong way. Okay, we got to bring this up just because it happened not too long ago, but the, the shooter in um, Ohio... 
when they when they got to him, they found him. Oh yeah, the it was the hoodie. acacia strain, huh? Because yeah. I know the kid up in uh, at the fucking garlic festival in Northern California, like had, he was in a porno. He was in a band. porno grind band. They yeah. tried to blame the music. Yeah, and I just love that fucking. What was that? That fucking meme of uh, what's his name with the noose around his neck the first time. Oh, Franco. And it's like when yeah. video games when video games are being blamed for fucking like for murders violence, and yeah. for violence and fucking you know metalheads be like <laughs> yeah. you know first, first time, time yeah 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 you know, we're always blamed for that shit yeah by the way if you've never seen Ballad of Buster Scruggs do it just depends on how far you want to watch because it's not all the same anyways right, well that includes me because I haven't seen it so yeah but no and so yeah what was the, the deal with that he had, he just had a shirt on or something it was just that he had a hoodie that and that's the bottom line is everywhere. oh case okay, strain. It's because the kid was a fucking dweeb, and he was going to do that, unfortunately. He just happened to be wearing an Acacia Strain shirt. What's the big thing that they always say? He was a bad person. Yeah. Dude, like, yeah. that's the thing. Everybody wants to figure out why so they could try and fucking fix why when really all that... Sometimes people can be fixed. Absolutely. But, dude, people have completely forgotten about the fucking fact that some people are just bad Mm -hmm. and there's nothing that's gonna fucking stop that yeah if you have good people you have to have bad people Mm -hmm. it's the one thing in life that is absolutely real and proven on a fucking hourly basis is duality that is the one fucking thing there's life there's death so far nothing has lived forever Mm -hmm. right we don't even know what forever is but so far not one person has gotten out of here without fucking dying at some point, right? And if you have good people, which there's plenty of good people, you're going to have bad people, dude. And there's, yeah, sometimes it is nature and nurture. Sometimes people were pushed into that. Sometimes people just, that's just who they are. And that's the thing. Like, you have to, I'm, I'm not saying don't try, But when you're getting to the point of like, you know, you're trying to blame fucking, you know, this person's music or fucking porno. Remember that fucking deal with like all the fucking serial killers all watch porn? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, there's this common tie. All these serial killers watch porn. I'm like, what about the fucking like hundreds of millions of people? What about the hundreds of millions of other fucking people that watch porn that don't fucking turn into serial killers? What's that quote about? People getting, you know, hooked onto heroin. Ten out of ten heroin uh, users started out with weed. And well, you know, the counter side to that is, ten out of ten heroin users also drank milk when they were kids or whatever, right? Just, right. It's gonna be what it is. Are you from? Are you familiar with Seduction of the Innocent? No. All right, I gotta get this guy's ni- name right. He is like Hitler in the comic book community. Let's see, Seduction of. What does that mean, Hitler in the comic book community? Not Hitler. Well, he's very not liked. Seduction of the Innocent is a book by American psychiatrist Frederick Wortham. Oh, I thought his name was something else. Anyways, so his whole thing was that he published a book saying that he warned that comic books were the negative form of popular literature and a serious serious cause of juvenile delinquency. They found that each one of these kids that was committing crimes in the 50s, keep that part in mind, was uh, that was committing crimes also grew up reading comic books, so they tried to pin it at that. Comics are almost kind of the OG, metal, video games, whatever. The bottom line being, they will try to find a thing to pin on anything except the actual root cause of these problems. Well, yeah, exactly. Correlation is not causation. Yeah. That's just, that's, fuck. Anybody's 
fucking gone to science class should know that. You know, just because, well, guess what, man? It was fucking cloudy on all these fucking days. Does that mean the fuck? It's just ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, on the other hand, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying don't fucking try and help people. I'm not saying don't try to find out if there is a fucking thing. Just don't fucking jump to the first fucking conclusion and fucking throw it all over the goddamn place and just throw the blame at something that you, just because you don't like it yeah. or just because you don't understand it. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, to go back to your tug and pull thing, is that what we're calling a tug and pull, push and pull, whatever, or, you know, tug <laughs> is of war. Is it tug know. and pull the same? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Is he speaking about a lot of, has he, up to this point, because we don't know where he's going to go from here, has he been speaking about a lot of really gnarly, dark shit? Yes. Is it good to get that out in the open so you can discuss it? Yes. Is it going to lead to some people doing some unfortunate stuff? Possibly. You know, Peter Dolving quit the haunted amongst many other reasons one of which he said he just didn't like what he was putting out in the world or whatever okay i can get that to a point you know if the, if you don't want to do it anymore by all means don't you know there's other people though that like that's just you know that's the kind of shit that gets me through is talking about this stuff you know a lot of people don't want to look at ugly truth they just want to deny it you know and i think that's the best way to get over it is to confront it you know and that's what this shit does it's definitely better like well, I do know some people where confrontation fucking is not the best way. But here's the thing, though. Those are also people like really what's going on is the actual confrontation is the way. It's to some degree the only fucking way. The only way out is through, right? Yep. Yep. yep so yep. it's just a lot of people just really refuse that because they have a problem with confrontation. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Like most people do. Mm-hmm. I don't like fucking talking. Self-awareness is a fucker. And that's why a lot of people don't have it. I don't want to fucking delve into my mind and wonder why the fuck I am what I am. I didn't want to change the way I fucking thought about things. You know, like, I mean, it's fucking hard. And mm-hmm. it fucking sucks, dude. You dredge up a lot of shit that you, you've literally been burying. But let me tell you something, man. When you get rid of that shit, fuck, dude, it feels amazing. Absolutely. I wish that feeling on everybody. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever that fucking thing is, man. Like, it, you know, but yeah, I mean, again, it's it's the same with, you know, Grand Theft Auto. Like, oh, we have all these fucking shootings and fucking blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, all these people saying, well, like, you know, back in the old days, fucking we never thought to fucking shoot up the school. Well, mm-hmm. no shit. But that, like, that was back in the old days. Yeah. Like, I'm sure kids were doing shit in the 70s. That, you know, back in the fucking 1800s, people weren't thinking about doing that shit. Life has just gotten gnarlier and gnarlier and gnarlier. Like, that's just how it goes. Like, granted, people want to talk about how violent shit is nowadays. It's like, dude, have you seen pictures and read fucking stories of what it was like in the fucking medieval times? Mm -hmm. It's called the Dark Ages for a reason. Dude, they're cutting fuckers in half. You had guillotines and shit. You had fucking people fucking killing motherfuckers. You could just accuse somebody of something, and they just go get they just go get the fucking guards, and they just go kill the motherfucker. Like, dude, it was way fucking crazier, man. Mm-hmm. Like the shit isn't that bad. It's just that it's all you hear about. Turn your fucking news off, dude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Turn the fucking news off, or you know what? Read the fucking headline and move on with your fucking day. Yep. Don't bother reading the fucking story. You don't need to know. Do you need to know? Is it going to change the way that... Is it going to change what happened? Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, maintaining a healthy focus is good. That's the that's the that's the long story. And real quick before we move on to anybody that needs it, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 273 8255 we're very open to talking about stuff, obviously, but we're we're just a couple of dudes. We're not qualified to do anything. Yes, talk yes. to somebody that is. Even your favorite bands that talk about stuff that you can relate to would probably say the same thing and point you in the direction of a professional that could get you some actual help. Anybody? Again, this is something that is near and dear to my heart because I've been on both sides and I fucking hate both sides of it. If you need help, please, for Definitely your sake and everybody else. I saw a quote the other day that. You know, really put some things into perspective. Was the pain doesn't go away after that? It just goes moves on to somebody else. So think about that. You know, please get any help if you need it. And yeah. if you're getting advice from people on Instagram or fucking YouTube <laughs> that aren't professionals, or yeah. even us or bands, yeah, just remember, man. Like, anecdotal evidence is not actual scientific evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just stories. Yep. So even though someone has experience in something, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a fucking professional and they know what to do in that regard. So mm-hmm. they just know what, they just know what worked for them and what worked for them might not work for you. Yep. Back to not as heavy side. Yeah. Although it is pretty heavy just I because mean, it, the music's hand, fucking yeah. heavy as fuck. So that's kind of where I wanted to go next was, was the music itself. Uh, again, can't wait to see where the lyrics go from here based on, based on these interviews. Uh, check out, so the dudes in the Brutality podcast, it was it was Vincent and Tom. I'd never actually heard Tom speak before, so that was cool, too. They both kind of talked about changes in their life, where they're going from here. I don't remember what they said they were going to do musically, uh, but they, they Tom and Devin have been on Instagram and whatnot, kind of noodling around, showing people their guitar riffs that they're working on. So, But before that, let's go back to the very beginning. Have you ever listened to End Life Is Very Long, their first album? No. Uh, so they choose not to I don't know if they still feel this way But when they when they talked about it a lot like 10 years ago They choose not to acknowledge that album Because they were a very different band The Meshuggah-iness of it, it There's groove but it's it's like They were kind of going along with whatever else Was going on in the you know Massachusetts Metal and hardcore stuff That was, that was still kind of finding its way At the time His vocal delivery is way different Um Again, Adam D's production pre Alive or Just Breathing is pretty it's pretty raw comparatively. If you've heard that first Norma Jean record, if you've heard Okay, maybe not that that's what they were going for, so maybe that's not a great example. Well, even the first kill switch engage album. Yeah, the first kill switch, like before it was remastered. Yeah, not the remastered version, but uh the first Every Time I Die record, which even there kinda like, yeah, that record sucks, man. Like everything he was doing up to that point. To then, you know, two thousand four End of Heartache comes out, and that's the new golden standard, so then everything sounds like that, right? Including 3750, which then they kind of find their sound finally, and they just kind of keep solidifying it more, because you can't pick apart their sound at that point. He's DL said that his biggest influences for writing were Meshuggah and Crowbar, which you can hear plenty of, especially Meshuggah moving forward when he finally gets into eight strings and whatnot, dude. Whew. So this was the first band, too, that I heard that tuned down to fucking... G, the G sharp. Sharp, I yeah. think, is what it was. Mm-hmm. That was another thing I remember hearing about these guys was they just had really fucking low guitars. Yeah, and for a long time they weren't using eight strings, so it was just super detuned six strings. So the episode's probably not going to come out, but what do you consider this band to be? Hardcore, deathcore, metalcore? 
what do you some other type of music what do you consider them to be like what do you hear when you hear them what do you what do you consider it I, I know can, that they don't like the tag deathcore. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I know that they don't like that, and it's like okay. Like when it comes to the fucking bands, though, yeah, no one ever likes anything. So yeah, true. What do you fucking hear when you hear this band? Like, he's just. I've heard him describe it as metal or no hardcore influenced metal. Uh, I've heard it, he begrudgingly calls it. He's like, man, I hate deathcore, but I guess call it metalcore. Even then, I don't like that. I mean, because you know me, I, metalcore to me, I know metalcore is a very specific thing to some people. Metalcore is like the umbrella genre. It's got just as many different styles in it now as metal itself does almost, you know? So I could see it being called a metalcore band. If you want to call it hardcore influenced metal, that works too. They DL preferred to just call it a heavy band. I I could see that too. But it's it was definitely under that metalcore umbrella because they got, you know, roots from the the hardcore and metal sides you know obviously to coming up in the massachusetts hardcore scene and metal scene but you know that whole scott lee promoted playing at the uh the palladium and worcester kind of scene dude and that's the thing i always hear about is that the scene in massachusetts at least as far as boston like there's yeah a shit ton of bands but like there's not a lot of venues or something if that's Boston people, please let me know, because I've only gone... I've never been, so I'm only going off of what I've heard. But, like, there are so many bands that come out of that, right? But, like, I heard the scene's kind of... It's not... It's not flourishing the way it should be with the amount of bands. Is what I've heard. Please let me know. Uh, let's see. So, that... We're, so Okay, so the other thing is, I, I could, at this point, see people calling them a deathcore band as well, because there is a prominent death metal influence. I've talked with... Uh, Vincent multiple times over Twitter about old school Florida death metal. He loves all that stuff. Curiously enough, you know, he says he wasn't big on Deicide. That that kind of stuck out as a surprise to me. But yeah, your death, your obituary, morbid angel, malevolent creation, probably even right. Like all that. I remember in the back of I think Dead Walk or Thirty Seven Fifty, they credit their biggest influences at the time as being Meshuga, Coalesce, and uh, Dillinger, which I could definitely see some of that. Where do you stand? What do you stand for? <laughs> Sorry, different band. That was weird because I used to always think they were one of the ultimate deathcore bands because the low vocals and the fucking hardcore music. But when I started listening to it today, I was just like, wow. Like I started thinking about it. I was like, man, like he doesn't have death metal vocals. Dude, so here's where I'm at. So you, so you never heard that first album, so you don't even know how it started off. Like His vocal change, his style is so different now. Like, even just from that to 3750, but, like, the further he goes, the gnarlier it gets. And truth be told, oh, you've never seen him live. He sounds so gnarly live, and they've never, as far as I'm concerned, replicated that sound live. Because, like, there's times when he just sounds inhuman, and it sounds awesome, and he's, it's just not even words. It's just roars, dude. It's like a bear roaring inside of a fucking giant whale or something like that and echoing through or something it's it, he gets he is underrated as a vocalist for sure and i really don't think the records do a great job of of just you know doing justice to how that sounds live kind of like full-blown chaos did you ever listen to full-blown chaos oh, fucking, back in the day? yeah man i even saw those guys live okay so you know the difference i'm talking about like where his vocals raised vocals are way gnarlier um live than they are on the records and whatnot. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just for the 
the sake of enunciation and making it easier to understand or whatnot, dude. But like, well, that's the thing. I mean, for one, he's I mean, super understandable. Yeah. For two, man, he's not really growly. He seems he seems more like they just remind me like the fucking heaviest hardcore band ever. Are there something no. to that too? I'm not Absolutely. saying the hardest fucking band. I'm not saying the most aggressive band. Like, so when I say the heaviest, I, I guess I should qualify fucking that. So. When I say heavy, it's basically a sound. Yeah. When I say fucking hard or fucking, you know, aggressive, that's... It's a vibe. It's usually fucking something lyrical. Yeah. Well, there's a whole thing I mean, now. to me, that's just, that's just how I fucking do it. But yeah, I feel like uh, when I was listening to him, he's more like fucking Jamie Josta. He just has a lower voice. I can see that. You know what I mean? Like the style of singing that he has. I mean, I guess it's a little bit growlier than fucking Jamie, but like he, but that might be because it is so much lower. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's trying to go lower. It just means like, fuck, I just, it just sounds like he just has like a, he just, he's more comfortable in a lower register. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I, I feel bad not, you know, Ray, speaking for Ray, but based on what I've talked to him, everybody, he talks about like, oh, people think of me as a death metal vocalist and, yeah, we're going to have to have him on at some point because I want to get his side on this too. But I remember when talking to him, he's like, no, dude, that's my voice is just really low. I'm coming from Corey Taylor and uh, Jeff from Poison the Well. And that's what I try to sound like, but it just comes out super low because I got a low voice, you know? So I wonder if there's something to that with Vincent as well. Again, it's, it comes down to what I've said so many times. It's like it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. The intention doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what does it actually sound like? Because if you could be fucking screaming fucking whatever, I'm not going to try and fucking scream right now, but but you might be trying to fucking sing like Barry Manilow. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't sound anything like Barry Manilow, right? So it doesn't really matter what you're trying to do unless someone's going to ask you what's your fucking influences. And it's like, all right, cool. Well, now's your chance to fucking say, well, this is what I'm... This is what I'm into. This is what I trying to fucking come across as. But, you know, granted, yeah. Like, I mean, because, again, it's, you know, you could try and fucking sing, you know, soprano all you want. If you're a baritone, you're a fucking baritone. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you're going to sound like a fucking baritone all day. Like, you're dealt the pipes you're getting. Yeah, that's just how it goes. And I just yeah. figured, like, I mean, I don't know if that's really what it is. It's just that's what it seemed like to me it was, like, he's doing, like, those same hardcore vocals a la fucking Jamie Josta, a la fucking, um, you know, Vogel. Yeah. You know, Vogel's another one that kind of screamish, not full fucking screams like fucking dude from All Out War, but like mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, maybe definitely heavier than stuff like, you know, Freddie and fucking yeah. and Roger, you know? like Yeah. It's a more and, intense know, version of that. Yeah. And, and it's like, he, so he's even slightly growlier than fucking Jamie, but like he is more that style than he is fucking like, you know, corpse grinder. Yeah. You but know what I, I mean? But because so, he comes from that, he might be adding a little bit of that. Hey, you know, without yeah. talking to the dude, we, we have to just yeah, go so, on. So to me, it's almost like they're, they might be the heaviest fucking hardcore man. Cause to me, the, mo the majority of their music sounds more like fucking hardcore style without the punky vibe, more like, like fine, like tough guy, hardcore. Yeah. There are little moments you know? where, or at least in their older stuff where they would kind of pick it up a little, but like that was typical of hardcore in a lot of instances too. Oh, you know what I'm seeing here? The former bassist Jack Strong described their music as hardcore influence metal. So everybody's got a different take. I, I guess none of them are wrong either, right? It could go. There's tons of different styles within this thing, you know, within their sound. They, the, obviously, the hardcore is there, but like, especially on 
Excuse me. A lot of their latter stuff, like they're really bringing the doom. That's a thing he said. He's trying to consciously, they're trying to consciously bring in more doom and sludge stuff. There's little bits of death metal riffing in there. There's tons of Meshuga riffing in there. You want to know what's really weird is um, the drummer and the well DL, their former guitar player and band writer, say they were super influenced by Iron Maiden. I didn't hear that at all, but. They say it's well, in there. I'm pretty sure everybody was influenced by Iron Maiden if you yeah. listen to it, but that doesn't mean you fuck. That's the thing. A lot of people are influenced by a lot of different things. It doesn't mean that it comes out and they're playing. Mm-hmm. It just means that fucking, like, that's just one of your influences. That was something that maybe it was literally just the influence, like, hey, they made me want to play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, or they made me want to play drums. Like, yeah. that doesn't mean you, it comes out and you're fucking playing. Some bands wear their influences on their sleeve a little bit more than others. Like, I think the biggest takeaway for me... I think the thing me, that makes them more unique than just like a regular heavy, heavy fucking hardcore band is not just the heaviness for one, but they do... They, I mean, they are slower than... Which, I mean, maybe that's some of the heaviness. They are slower than your average fucking hardcore band. I, yeah. they're, they're a little bit slower than the, the mid-tempo, you know, caveman type shit that everybody talks about, but yeah, they're a little bit slower than that. And again, not everything is fucking... They have parts that are fucking plenty fast. But also, I think that fucking high fucking guitar that's, like, always there. Like, it's on so much. Like, it got to the point, dude, where I was listening to these fucking songs, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, there's some of that stuff, man. I'm just like, God, it's just, fuck, man. That's annoying. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. But then there's other times where it's like, it's if it's working for you, it's awesome. Yeah. Because it makes it really fucking different. And then you also, it makes it so when it's not there, it tightens everything everything up like so ultimate yeah right i don't hear a lot of like what <sighs> i really hate to fucking say it like this but i don't hear a lot of the fucking metal riffs every once in a while they have them They're like not, traditionally metal yeah yeah not I a feel lot that. of them you i know i think they've i don't want to say they've decreased in time but they've changed you know because there was a they little just, okay so i mean are they the chuggiest band ever Cause they're slow chug. I think they were definitely. It's just that fucking. And then they'll tie it up. That's the biggest. You know what I mean? Like they do a lot of that stuff. Where it's like they're barely playing a riff. Yeah. But one thing that's really cool, like with a band like that, a highly percussive band, is when they do fucking really hit fucking like a nice fucking riff, dude. It's a big deal. Yeah. I think about, you know what it comes to mind for me is like the leads in um, Jonestown. When they get, when they, when they're doing the, is it the verses? I can't really think of how that song is structured, but you know the, when they're doing the vocals, yeah. See, that's the thing is I don't want to say tasteful because wouldn't tasteful be like having more stuff to it? But I don't know. They, they interjected in there in their own little ways. And, they, and it's, uh, that's the one thing I do know for sure is they say they want to get doomier and sludgier from here on out. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say. They might be the hardcorest fucking doom band I've ever heard. Like, seems kind of weird to say, but... Yeah. They've got a lot of little different directions within their little thing. That, the, the biggest thing... He said his biggest influences were Mashuga and Crowbar. I mean, that sums it up, right? It's, it's fucking sludgy Mashuga with the, the Crowbar sludge. But that's yeah, the thing. Kinda, yeah, yeah. But, like, whereas all of these other... Because even the song they do with fucking Kirk, it doesn't sound that 
different. It's I mean, it almost sounds like a crowbar well, song. Kirk, yeah, Kirk even you sounds know? like he's doing something slightly vo- uh, different vocally. He right? seems like he's a little more aggro on yeah. that on this song. It could just be because the band's overall heavier. Yeah, you and, know. And well, that's the thing is, Kirk is a, a more melodic vocalist. You know, if, oh, if yeah, you want to think of it time. in those terms, it's just so he had to be like a little more monotone, even though it's that same aggression. You know. But so that's the big trip is why why don't they you know get thrown in with all the other gent bands if the, that that Mashuga pro, or influence is so prominent it's because they're not doing the same thing you know they put other stuff in there uh, do you got more stuff that you want to well just like okay so we talk about how like gnarly the lyrics are even though again he has tongue in the cheek for a lot of them but like how heavy they can get how about their aesthetic dude oh can like, we talk about the dead bird oh sure yeah, dude. Yeah. So this dead bird's like their fucking mascot now, and yeah. it literally just started because the artist just happened to have a fucking dead bird in his freezer, and he fucking had this like dental fucking stuff. That so he was like, uh, and he took a picture. Like it was like he said something like a friend fucking told him it'd be a good piece, and so he took this fucking picture of it. So for the longest time, I didn't actually realize on Wormwood that the fucking background on the bird, the red part, the red and orange part, I didn't realize it's fucking teeth. Yeah. It's like teeth and gums. So, I mean, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, (laughs) they're just like, oh, I just have to have, I just happen to have a dead bird in the freezer. It reminds me of that fucking Eddie Murphy skit from like back in the day. You can look it up on Spotify. It's Eddie Murphy's face with a fucking little flower in his fucking hair. It's just called Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, dude. Listen to that album, dude. He talks, he has a skit called Dead Bird. And he's just like fucking, he has the, the kid, the little kid when you're little kids that, you know, got fucking shit on a stick. You know, it's like, doo-doo, yeah, yeah, doo-doo, yeah, yeah, yeah. gonna put it on you. And he's yeah. like, you can do it with anything. You're like, dead bird, yeah. dead bird, gonna put it on you. Yeah, this dude just happens to have a fucking dead bird. Like, I just loved how, like, when I read that, that it was just, like, so nonchalant. Like, yeah, I just happened to have a dead bird in my freezer. Where'd so I thought, this? fuck it. I just, I literally fucking typed in what's with the bird oh, man. for the Acacia strain. I tried strain. to do so much research <laughs> for this fucking episode, I never noticed the correlation until you just pointed it out. Holy shit, dude. Because if you look at it above and below, yep, you look at yep, fucking, um, you know, Grave Bloom, Coma Witch, Wormwood, and fucking... Uh, Death is the only mortal. Yeah, death is the only mortal. They all have the same bird, and yeah, I was like, I, okay, so what's with this I fucking never bird? Good on you. You know, you're, like, you're like when they realize that they all are using the same pick and pick of destiny. Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude, good on you. But yeah, I was just like, so what's with the bird? And it, there was like a couple articles with the artist where he literally says, "I just happen to have a, a dead bird in my freezer." So he, he I, and I think he, I think it's actual paintings. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it. I'm looking at the rest of their yeah, I guess artwork. It, like, first he takes a photo, and then he does like these paintings and stuff. And I mean, they're great fucking art, artwork. And the bird, yeah. it's weird, because the bird, for some reason, I don't know why, but the bird does look menacing. Maybe the way it's posed? Maybe. I don't know. It's yeah, you're onto something. I never on caught that On one hand, it looks now. like this nice little bird, but on the other hand, I guess it's probably the surroundings. It just makes yeah. it look a little bit... The colors, maybe? A little menacing. Maybe it's because I know what band it's attached to. I don't know. But I just thought that was so fucking weird that they just have this fucking bird on, like, all their fucking album covers. Never noticed Aside from the first four albums. Yeah. How about that shit? So having said all that, uh, I want to get into it. Yeah, let's take a break and then get down. Sweet. And we're back. Woo! And now it's time for 
Well, at least the namesake, at the very least. The list itself. <laughs> I'm going to start off with some honorable mentions real quick, and I got a f- quite a few. So first off, I'm going to start off with Car Bomb off 3750, because it's technically not even a song. It's just an intro, practically, right? There's three words for the lyrics. This is true crime. Okay, four words. Even better. Uh, but they closed with it for a while, and they just slowed it down more and more and more. The more they wow, is it like one of my honorable mentions, which is an instrumental called Tactical Nuke? Which one's Tactical Nuke? Is that the it's one? the instrumental on fucking Wormwood where it just keeps slowing down. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just yeah, the yeah. same, like, fucking eight-bar rift. It's just, they just slow it down little by little each time. Yeah, because I meant to put something on it's here crazy. now that I look at it. Okay, I'll just say this. Essentially, what I fucking did with my list was that little high fucking guitar shit that they do all the time. Which one's made best use of that? And essentially, like, you know, which one I could stand. I also, some of the stuff on my list uh, stands out a little bit just because a lot of their stuff to me does get samey. But my favorite thing to listen to theirs is Behemoth, the fucking Thank you. instrumental That's what I was on Continent. Like, yeah, dude. I didn't know what's It's got legitimate guitar solo in yeah. it. Like, I mean, it's cool riff, it's great sound. Like, it's got this cool little clean thing going through it. Like, it's awesome, dude. Like, yeah. um, you know, granted, it can't make the list. I don't know if it'll make it onto a instrumental top five, but I mean, I, it's my favorite thing of theirs to listen to. Oddly enough, as an instrumental, and I love Vincent's voice. Don't get me wrong, but it's its own thing. Apparently, he was saying uh, DL was saying that the main influence for this was actually a perfect circle of all things. Weird. Yeah, it's you know for all the ethereal kind of empty bits. That makes sense, I guess. I just. I've listened to that all these years, and I never would have thought that, but, like... And, and I've listened to it for the first time in years the other day when we were ramping up to this, and I was just like, damn, there's... I forgot how cool this was. And we're not gonna... I don't know about you, but we're, I'm not gonna be bringing up Continent, or Continent much more, but I do want to shout out that there's all these Arrested Development references in the name of the, of the songs... And this is before I even really watched Arrested Development, so I gained appreciation for all these later. But the C word is the name of the family boat. Forget Me Now is the name of this pill. Uh, Balboa Towers is where they lived. And uh, Baby Buster is the nickname for the youngest brother of them all, Buster. Ooh, and that will actually come up later. Uh, so I, it's like the little in-jokes like that. I appreciate the shit out of that. I actually went back and listened to some of the... Uh, bonus tracks that got put on the vinyl edition and they're available on spotify now just the fact that one of the songs is called stay puffed is is fantastic oh so that was the other thing i, I talk about their funny uh merch and stuff two of the one of the times i saw them their stage scrims were were the vigo painting nice on the on each side of the stage nice. from ghostbusters 2 i love that fucking whack ass movie but yeah great idea absolutely um, so I'm going to do my... Um, I don't have very many honorable mentions, so I'm going to make them pretty quick. Yeah, shoot. Uh, Send Help featuring Max Cavalera. Yeah. He's only on in the start of it. Mm-hmm. It, It's real. It's a strange song. It's kind of shortish. Yeah. But the fucking breakdown at the end of it is fucking awesome, dude. Um, Obviously, The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. I like the little fucking... The little off-time uh, kick drum thing that he does. And then, obviously, the fucking end part where it tightens up. Yeah, yeah. With that clank at the end. When it tightens up, man, it's fucking... Ah, fuck. It's such a good guitar sound. The whole album. Great guitar sound. And then, dude, first one, honorable mention. I think it was probably the first one I heard off of anything other than Wormwood was Doomblade. Dude, okay, so the that's on mine too. The fucking intro? Yeah. The fucking part where she's just like, you know, excuse me, ma'am, yeah. who did you kill? <laughs> I, killed I killed everyone. Yeah. And just fucking having that distortion on the voice, 
I mean, it's like when you watch those fucking 911 calls and they kind of distort the voices and, and to, to hide identity, but what it actually does is it makes it sound just creepy as fuck. And then obviously the little horror music in the background that they have in a lot of things. It's, ah, oh, fuck, man. It's just one of my favorite fucking intros ever. Yeah. And not musical, but also, man, I mean, the music's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's crushing as per usual with this band, but, you know, not overly riffy. Good breakdown at the end-ish. Not one of their best ones, but, but just having that intro there makes the fucking song, like, so much fucking, it just really kicks it all off, man. Like, it's yeah. really nice. Because that's the only, that yeah, that's the only honorable mention I have off that album. That, you know, it's not a bad album, but just that. It's really the only thing that stands out to me on that one, you know? And then it is kind of like a continuation of Beast in a way. Because it has, you know, Beast has the, the Manson family person, whoever, interview at the beginning. And it kind of gives it that ominous, creepy tone at the beginning. And I feel like that was like a spiritual successor almost. But yeah, Doom Blade's on there for me too. Uh, what else you got? That's it for honorable mentions. <sighs> okay. Let me get through mine real quick. So I mentioned Car Bomb. Right after that, I got the song 3750, and truth be told, that was a toss-up that almost made the list. Dude, that song's awesome. And then found out uh, 3750, I was trying to find the exact quote because he responded to somebody's question on YouTube back in the day about what it is, and apparently uh, 3750 is what they call a mixture of uh, weed and crack that somebody smokes in Massachusetts. And that's the idea is that in the song when he sees you, what does he say? I see you at the bottom of the barrel. That's what he's talking about is just like somebody that would smoke something like that's just got to be the lowest of the low or whatever. So he's saying, I see you at the bottom of the barrel. When I found out, when I put that into context, I was Gnarly. like, hey, that's fucking hard. All I, I, I want to shout out all of Dead Walk because I listened to that for the first time in years the other day, just song after song after song. It was hard to pick a standout. Like, like each one goes into the other pretty well. As far as consistency goes... You know, that's pretty good. And you got the song Predator Never Pray with Mitch Lucker back in the day from Suicide Silence. You had uh, Nate Johnson, who used to be in Fit for an Autopsy and Through the Eyes of a Dead and a bunch of other bands. Uh, you had Phil from All the Remains. You had just, like, all these dudes on one song screaming, and that was pretty cool. Uh, I said this already, Continent. You know, going back, I like I like Continent, and I liked it. I thought a lot more back in the day, and that was their first one with Zeus instead of Adam D. But the only song... Aside from Behemoth, that really stuck out to me was Baby Buster, and for no, you know, the riffs are good and the patterns are great, but like I think the thing that stood out to me the most was the fact that it has Human Furnace from Ringworm on it, dude. I love his voice, and to hear, you know, it go some with Acacia Strain's music, I thought really stood out. Let's see, as far as newer songs, I went with Holy Walls of the Vatican off of. Is that the one that has the fucking in the breakdown? It's all something about the bees. So, Dude, them, what yeah. is a oh, fuck? I gotta look up the lyrics because I fucking heard the lyrics to that and I was like, oh my god, like this is fucking awesome. Talking about Wicker Man? Is that what he's talking about? Where are the uh, Nicholas Cage, not the bees. Oh fuck! I just listened to We Hate Movies do an episode on Wicker Man. It's fucking great. So I had a really an early group text going with Esty and Spencer about like where did Nicholas Cage's career actually derail? And for the longest time, I thought it was Ghost Rider. I completely forgot Wicker Man was a half a year before that. And that, that has to be it right there, dude. Let me look these up. Keep talking. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime... Oh, um, no, never mind. Okay, hold on. Okay. On your knees, worship the beast. The goat will be greeted with the swarming of bees. 
I am the fear. I am the light. I am the nothing body of Christ. Like, fuck, that is awesome, dude. I, yeah. Dude, I want that fucking, I want that on a shirt. Like, that is fucking just beautiful. I could kind of see the. Just beautiful. Yeah, I could kind of see the, <laughs> the image that would go with that. Also off Coma Witch, I also wanted to shout out Observer because that's the first time they've ever done anything like that where it's just like a 20-minute Doom song. That was a fun little take. Well, there. wait a minute. So it's the whole. I actually didn't listen to the whole thing. It's that's all the song. I figured there was like silence on it. No, that's, no, no, it's, it's the whole song. It's the whole song. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna have to listen to it, man. Yeah, like man. I so actually turned it off after a while. Yeah, that's the idea. Is that's where. They but I liked what I liked it. I just I thought it was gonna be over soon, so I yeah. just kind of like went to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's it's pretty much it. Nice. And so they say they want to do more of that in the future. And then uh, again, I was I was telling you earlier throughout the week, I was like, shit, man, I gotta listen to these these albums more because apparently I didn't do them enough when they first came out, and they're really good. Uh, so off of Grey Bloom, I wanted to shout out Better Pill, which actually appears to be one of their bigger songs off that album. It's just a lot of fun stuff. I don't think I left any of the albums unturned. Well, the ones that I did, I'm mentioning later. Shall we get into it? Yes. Excellent. Now it's time for the list. What do you got, number five? My number five. So again, we I, it was these last two that I was just like, ah, shit, what am I going to do? So I didn't mention their first album that they really want people to forget, and life is very long. There's some fun stuff on there, dude. I'm going with their first song off that album, Cable Ready Techno Slut, which contains a sample of Star Wars. I don't remember which movie. He's more machine now than man. I'm guessing that's Return of the Jedi. Um, no, man, it's the first one. He's, he's more, more machine, machine now, than man. now than he is man. Is that right? Okay. Oh, wait, no. Because he's talking about, like, I can save him. Or, uh, I guess it is. Yeah, I guess it is uh, Return of the Jedi. Either way. Because he gets, yeah, because he does acknowledge that he's his father. Yeah. I'm spacing off. Yeah, and when they uh, when there was beef between Acacia Strain and Amir, they, they had another sample from Star Wars just to kind of throw shade back at him. Um, they're all good now. They, they toured together and whatnot. But there's just something about like that raw, just like, hey, this is our first record, and just knowing later on that they like abandon that record and choose to not acknowledge it makes it even better. It's very, very different from the you rest. Hear of their that, stuff. the Acacia Strain, Delos bringing attention right now. Yep. Just to make you guys mad. Yep. Just kidding. Just like every time I die, uh, doesn't want anybody to listen to burial plot bidding war. Uh, you know, some bands have that in their closet. How about you, number five? Uh, my number five is Brain Death. I don't like that. It's got to be good. It's weird because it has a riff. Okay, so it starts off just to, you know the regular, you know, just kind of like the staccato chugging, and then it goes into this riff that they don't. It's a style of riff they don't do a whole lot, and it's like this fucking like. I'll play it real quick, but it's more of like a metal fucking riff. But the thing that really does it for me is actually like the verse, I guess, is what it would be called. Like it's a little more melodic, almost reminds me of something that's a little bit unearthy, I guess. I can see that. Oh, you know what I forgot to it's mention? It's got this real airy guitar, you know, like over top of it. And it's it's definitely one of the more melodic things that I've, you know, because they just don't do that a whole lot. No, that is and true. And so when I listen to the song, I mean, it really sticks out and it gets stuck in my head like really bad. Yeah. I forgot DL does production and songwriting for bands now and he contributed to a bunch of that last on Earth. So there's songs that sound like old Acacia Strain on the new on Earth and it's cool. Here we go. 
So see, it's got that fucking. So then, okay, so here's the chorus part. So I think it's that airy guitar, the. Yeah, it reminds me of something off of the oncoming storm. I can't remember what song it is, but like that's what it reminds me of. It's just there's again like they just don't have a whole lot of melodic parts like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And so yeah, man. I mean, it just gets stuck in my head like a motherfucker. And then the fact that the main riff it's it's a more metal type of riff. It's just something for them that's really unique. And so I guess that just kind of like I've just always liked that. And like again, it just stands out so much harder versus everything else. Mm-hmm. When even in all actuality, if you just if you were just listening and you were just kind of skipping through, if you listen to the fucking first, you know, 15 seconds of it, it's just cha-chun, 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 and you're just yeah. like, eh, this just sounds like everything else. So give that one a fucking shot. Mm-hmm. Number four. My number four is actually a little on the melodic end, too. I'm going with Smoke You Later off 3750. Again, their biggest song for a hot minute until they refuse to start or, you know, refuse to play it anymore. Definite use of the three guitars. Glad to have seen him play it when I did. Definitely some weird misogynistic serial killer stuff going on in this song, which is probably why he doesn't want to play it anymore. If you listen to the the opening lyrics, it's, it's, it's graphic. I mean, just the last fucking, the last lyrics, dude, your empty sockets will serve as my love. Woo! <laughs> yeah. But, like, it, it's pretty melodic throughout the whole thing, almost. Especially considering for them, oh, except for that that gnarly breakdown toward the end. I understand why they wouldn't want to play it now for a number of reasons, probably, but still fun. <laughs> that's probably the most melodic song on the record. That's not that weird instrumental. There's an instrument or there's a melodic bit at the end of 3752, but like so there's this those like we're talking about the, like the little flourishes of melody that kind of st- stick out, just like the end of JFC. Shit, I'm surprised I didn't put JFC on my list. That's a good song. They close with that for a reason. Uh, on that note, number three. So I was I was surprised with my number three because it's actually the fucking same album as Brain Death. <laughs> but I mean, it starts off. I mean, I don't know if you call it misogynistic. I mean, it's pretty specifically about. I mean, I guess it's about a woman who did him wrong. But it's uh, she was shot in the head. Like it's uh, the mouth of the river. Dude, the fucking, I mean, it's pretty standard Acacia Strain song, but the high shit, like, it's, it's, it's kind of a melody thing that I fucking, like, I like, but it has this big fucking, I don't know what you call it, like, an opening, you know, where it's like, like, they're kind of running on one note, and he's like, he's, he's basically, like, saying, uh, I can't remember what the fuck he's saying. I'm trying to look up lyrics now, but there's this part where it's like it's kind of the buildup for the breakdown. Yeah, and he's saying like fucking grasping reality and shaking my head. I don't need sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Just when I thought it was over, they found the bodies in the mouth of the river, and it just fucking breaks. Like I don't know a whole lot of fucking singers, vocalists lyric writers that fucking go into a breakdown fucking harder than Vince, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, the dude just knows how to fucking kick off a fucking breakdown. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, and then the breakdown hits, and then it's like, sick but smart, I ate their hearts. And then it goes back to the she was shot in her head, and then it comes back out, and it's like, days growing colder, wind whips to shiver, I lost all I knew at the mouth of the river. And it's just this big fucking thing. It's just kind of like this big story about, like, I mean, it's clearly, like, 
I'm not a murderer, but I'm sure I could I could try. And then it's like the day you found the day you found comfort in the arms of another could be the day that you die. So I mean, clearly it's again it's it may be about a female, but it's about a female that did him wrong. Like you know, and it's like that's not misogynistic, man. That's not just being you know a fucking chick hater or anything like that. Like it's just specifically it's kind of a revenge song <laughs> you know when you get down to it yeah. get cheated on he gets his revenge and before anybody wants to get too judgmental on that one man i mean i actually didn't i've actually never had these thoughts but i've had plenty of friends and acquaintances that have had the thought of killing the person that fucked you over <laughs> you know it's just it's a pretty natural thought like fuck it i'll just kill them both and then you know what? It's just a thought. Thoughts don't lead to actions. Action leads to action. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can think about something all day unless you actually do it. It's still just a thought. So, whew. all right. I think that's that might be the gnarliest like fucking murder type one <laughs> as far as lyrics go. In There's mind. pretty good ones. As in far there, as lyrics go, is mine. No, not in, not in general. Just in my list. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm just saying, like in, in that lexicon of like their entire catalog, there's probably a ranking for that too. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we're on to number three already. Yeah. Did we mention this already, Ramirez? We mentioned it in the fucking when I read the article. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was the same song. I really like this fucking. Like the riffs are cool. The the patterns are awesome. Uh, live, it's a high point for me for sure, dude. Like like. That's when shit really gets popping. It's a fun. He brings in dudes to come sing it with him on stage. I want to say he had uh, the dude from Kublacon sing it with him when they when they played it uh, together. I know for sure the first time I saw him do it live in 2010, they had the old singer of uh, I Declare War come out and do the the chorus with him because they were on tour together at the time. Is this the one that's like Little Mary is a Virgin Whore? Yeah, is that what he's saying? Yeah, a little, it's, I, or Virgin Hail, Mary is Hail a, Mary, the Virgin Whore, and then it alternates. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Okay, now I know what one it is. We don't need to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a heavy fucking song, man. Yeah, I don't mind that one. Yeah, yeah. That's good times. Number two. No, number three. Number three. I was testing you. <laughs> hey, real quick. I don't know that I've ever heard this. Have you ever heard Acacia Saint or Acacia Strain's take on Seasons in the Abyss? No. I completely forgot that was a thing, man. I'm going to have to listen to that sometime. It wouldn't qualify because it's a cover, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Weird. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know they They also that. do War Pigs, but that's... Uh... I heard the War Pigs one back in the day, and I just didn't like it. I just felt like Vincent could have done more. Yeah. Um, he, he tails off the end of the lines the same way every time, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, man, yeah. it's just kind of a bummer. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, it wasn't terrible musically. Uh, nice and heavy. Yeah. Of course. So you already mentioned my number three, JFC. There you go. And because that fucking... I am the end oh, of yeah. the world. That's why they close with it now, dude. Oh, dude, I could see an entire crowd fucking screaming that, dude. Yep. Like, it's it, it's gang vocals on the album. It would be gang vocals in the arena or fucking club or wherever the fuck they're playing. It's just a great fucking... To me, it's one of those songs where it's like... I know for a lot of people they can't do this. They, you know, it's got to be the whole fucking song or whatever. But for me, man, sometimes some songs are literally just build-ups for one fucking part. And if that part in the build-up is good enough, I'm fucking down for it. And it's hitting my number fucking three. 
I love this fucking song. This was my second. This was my number two for a long time. It's probably the fucking second or third Acacia String song that I heard that I liked. Because I heard it right after Wormwood. Because when I heard Wormwood, I liked the album like enough to where I was like, okay, I want to check out something beforehand. And I just, for some reason, got stuck on Continent. Mm. I don't know if maybe I just couldn't get my download to come through for the Dead Walk. I'm not sure why I just kind of stopped the Continent. But I mean, and you know, it's weird because I liked the whole album a lot better too. <laughs> and then like I was just listening to it recently, I was like, wow, like it's not as good as I remember it. But I also wondered if I liked the whole, if I thought I liked the whole album more just because JFC and Behemoth. Right. You know, maybe I just didn't, you know, I was like, whoa, I just don't like it as much as, as a whole album anyway. I think... Maybe, at least for me, it's because there's other stuff I like more at this point, you know? I remember Continent coming out and being like, whoa, this shit's gnarly, especially with Zeus on production now. But, like, Wormwood, to me, overall, is is better. And they really solidified something with Zeus on that one, to me. So this stands for uh, Justin fucking Case, right? I thought it was Jesus fucking Christ. Or is it Jerry's Fried Chicken? Yeah, I mean, it's just, maybe it's up to interpretation, (laughs) right? Jim's fried calamari. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Jesus fucking Christ, dude. It yeah. even says it on their fucking shirt. Yep, yep, yep. Let's Just go to... fucking cat. <laughs> I don't know. Yikes. Oh, man. Number two. Number... Yeah, wait. Yeah. Number poo. Yes, number poo. Yeah, so this actually... That'll be the other shirt, dude. Hashtag number poo. Yeah. This actually... I had a toss-up between this being two or one. Everything from here on out... Going back to my Wormwood thing is off Wormwood. That, that to me, was the pinnacle right there. Going with the opening track, Beast. Starts off creepy, just like Doomblade. Got that crazy Manson family chick saying all sorts of weird nonsense that's in a bunch of other people's songs as well. Whatever's necessary to do, you do it. Yeah. When somebody needs to be killed, there's no wrong, you do it. Yep. Then you move on. Yep. You will pick up a child and you will move into the desert. You pick up as many children as you can, and you kill whoever gets in your way. This is us. Yeah. One of the heaviest riffs of all time. That might be the fucking riff right there. That's their biggest. Well, we're going to get to that later, actually. It's my um, number one. Oh, there you go. Perfect. See? It's the first song I heard of theirs that I fucking just cha- really changed my mind. I Again, I mean, I'd only heard 3750, but when I when I downloaded Wormwood and I heard the intro and I was like, the feedback in the background, the creepiness of the intro, and then that fucking guitar riff. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the riff either. It's also the sound. Yeah. Dude, the guitar sound on this whole album. But this fucking song, and this is a song where they don't have the high fucking guitar thing through the whole fucking goddamn thing. It only hits in the chorus when Joss is fucking singing. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense because it's a little more of a melodic chorus. And it's not as noticeable. And then it's basically just one fucking verse, essentially. Well, I guess it'd be like a two-part fucking verse and then a chorus, and then it's just repeated. Yep. It's like not quite an intro, but it's not quite a full song either, but it's, it gets the job done. Live, dude, that kills. Like, Dude, so I want to go on record to say that I want to live to see the day when the world screams grasping for air, unanswered cries because nobody cares. I want to breathe my final breath, knowing you died a painful death. The fucking world is an ugly place, but I will die with a smile on my face. That's you know, classic I mean, Vincent dude, right there, dude. Dude. 
Dude. That's the good times. So fucking sick. I would have loved to see Josta come and do it with him live when they were on Warped or something. I think I tried to as well, but he was doing podcasts or something at the time. Who I have seen come out and do it with him live before. Who a lot of people don't know, he actually has a really good voice. Is Andy from Every Time I Die, dude. Hmm. And his big ass comes up on the stage out of nowhere and sings along, and it's. I would awesome. be surprised to see how many fucking like Acacia Strain fans don't like this song. Yeah, for real. I'm, I'd be curious to see how many there are because I can't imagine there's that many. This, this is, is the like their biggest song. fucking song. It like, is. That's well. So we're gonna get to that, yeah. but it is their number one song on yeah, Spotify. It, it's, dude. it's just one of those songs where yeah. it's just like, wow, they really knocked it out of the park yeah, with it that one. It encapsulates everything they do best in that song. And it's so simple. It's yeah. so simple. Yeah. Like I said, there's just it's essentially one verse, man. It's it's just repeated. Yep. You know, it's funny too, because um, the first time we saw them play it we uh they opened with it which is obviously a great way to set the tone for the whole show and then from then on they interjected in the middle um to wake everybody yeah, up exactly it's, the, it's <laughs> to get that second wind going oh yeah everybody. dude for oh, sure shit, it's, beast, man. Well, it's almost like they just wrote it as a fucking intro or something and then all of a sudden they're like oh that's good yeah we should we should do that again yeah. so all right cool let's just, just double it up like yep. Because fuck, man. And it just crushes everything, dude. Mm-hmm. I've had lifts that I had to make in the gym. And it's like nine out of ten times, man, I'm putting this song on. Mm-hmm. You know, if I really have to make the fucking lift, you know, we'll get into fucking different lists of different types of songs. This will be in some of those lists because it's a huge song to me, man. Like It's by far. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, okay, we're giving our top five. But this song is more like... It's like my top five is a fucking top ten, and this song is like my first five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's how higher, how much higher it is than everything else. Like, yeah. No, it's pretty it's, prime. This was almost my This was almost my one. It's just, all, it's just fucking you awesome. You know what else occurs to me might be fun is the top five Jamie Josta guest spots. Because uh, there's, there's, there's some up there, man. This might be right up there, though. Oh, Although fuck. now I can think of like two more. Either way. I'm awesome, kind of awesome, curious awesome to see awesome what song. your number one is now because I thought for sure we were going to have the same oh, number one. Close, but as was... soon as you said the Acacia Strand, I'm like, oh, fuck, we're both going to have Beast as number one. Like, I it was close. I'm like, how the fuck would it be? But uh, I'm kind of curious now to see what your number one is. This I've is going to be it. fun. You did? Earlier. Oh, great. Town. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. What is it about it? I don't know. I just like, I. you hate that riff? I kind of yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, I fucking it. can't stand it. It's pretty omnipresent throughout the whole song, too. It doesn't really change much. It's definitely not a thinker, right? I was just like, I hate everything you love. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> just like that that childish, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, that's their entire thing up to this point, at the very least, and I love it. I know. My only problem with it is the riff is childish, too. The, the opening riff, it just sounds like something like, you know, fucking I, and I, and I can 20 see that. 200 guitar players wrote that as their first riff ever. Like, the, it's the, just... Yeah, the, the five... What down, 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 down. Yeah. Like, it just... I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. I could feel that, but, like, I, I enjoy it. I, I It's fun live. But, like I said, I mean, they have songs like that where I'm just like... Ugh. Yeah, yeah, and I think they pull you know, it off better I don't love others. everything they do. One cool thing, though, is they are samey enough, and they... But so... They're samey enough in the sense that they're pretty unique in, in the way they sound because they have the high fucking pitch guitar, right? Yeah. So they're heavy enough, they're hardcore enough, you could put it in a hardcore fucking playlist to actually break it up and give it even more heaviness, mm-hmm. or you could put it in a fucking death metal fucking playlist or like a death core playlist. Yeah, yeah, getting some and, groove going. Yeah, and really fucking breaks that up. So yeah. it's really fucking 
like to me, they're a really fucking awesome like playlist band. Yeah, they're you know, they're kind of an island of themselves. Yeah, because they can break up whatever kind of playlist you got going. And then you know, hey, pro tip: you want a fucking gnarly heavy fucking. It's just like the fucking split they did, but dude, throw the Acacia Strain, Thy Art is Murder, and uh, fucking yeah. Fit for an Autopsy in a fucking playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add in any other kind of metal band to break that up. Dude, mm-hmm. you got a good fucking playlist. Absolutely. All right, well, my number two kind of surprised me. I barely remember this song when it first came out, and I was actually searching for it. I was like, what the fuck song is it, man? <laughs> I was looking on the album. I, I fuck, I'm not even shitting you, dude. It was literally the last song that I hit solely because I saw where it was in their top fucking songs, and I thought there's no fucking way, mm-hmm. but it's worthless. Hmm. So it's got the fucking big bump bump. Uh, it's more like uh, they got this guitar in the background. So it's like bump bump down 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 round They get some. They have some fun. Dude, hold on, I'm gonna fucking play this shit for you, dude. This shit, and it's not a very long song. It's almost just like a, it's like a glorified intro, kind of. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, they brought some creativeness. Dude, it's fucking groove. I like yeah. it's. Kind of unique for what they do. That guitar in the background, the and it's got this like crazy like detuned effect kind of thing going on. Like yeah. fuck, dude. They've been bringing it. I'm just it's looking so at the. It's so fucking cool. Like, and yeah. it almost reminds me of like the heaviest new metal song ever. Yeah, I could see that too. It's because it's <laughs> got that I mean? ringy kind of vibe to the to the. Well, it's got that. Strand. It's got that kind of groove to it, where it's yeah. it's almost like a rap kind of groove to it. Oh. Fuck, it's just heavy as fuck, man. Oh, yeah. I was just looking at the guests they got for, for Grey Bloom. They get, they're killing it with the fucking it's guests. like, your life is worthless. You have no purpose or you serve no purpose. Like, fuck. I mean, yeah. that's some degrading shit. I don't know if he's degrading himself or someone else. Probably both. Yeah. <laughs> no one Taking is. off all the boxes. Yeah. yeah you're like, fuck everybody. Yeah. I you're all fucking it. worthless. You have no purpose. It's fuck. Dude, fuck, mm-hmm. man. I fucking love this That's band. one of the fucking heaviest fucking songs. Like, I mean, I think, like, for me, like at least the one and two, because I don't consider JFC one of the heaviest songs around. But I mean, my one and two, I almost consider. I mean, they'd probably be in my top fifty heaviest songs ever. <laughs> Fuck, dude, it's so fucking awesome. Like, it's funny too because yeah, I saw it as number two on their fucking on Spotify, on their fucking most played songs, and I was like, it can't be that one, was it? And then I and well, and then I saw it on the album too, and I was like. It can't just be the first song. You know, because I'm like, that would be coincidence, dude. Fucking Beast is the first song. Doom Blade I mean, is the that first makes song. Sense for a lot of them, yeah. You know, so I was like, well. And I tried every other song on the album, and I'm like, that's not it. That's not the one. That's not the one. Mm-hmm. That's not the one. Oh, so you, that's okay. So the by process of elimination, you did it last. Yeah, I, I, I was like, fuck it. It must be this one, and I clicked it, and sure as shit, I was like, god damn it, like, oh, dude, it's, and I'm so glad I found it, cause I, I actually kind of forgot about it. I, I kind of forgot about Grave Boom as an album in general. Yeah, because no, I mean, yeah. when it came out, it's really weird. Like it came out, and I just never. Well, okay, so Grave Boom and fucking Coma Witch. Yeah, no, I just never really the, listened to either one of them that much. Yeah, I listened to Coma Witch once when it first came out, and then I listened to uh, Grave Bloom in, in my buddy Nick's truck when we were driving around somewhere here the day it came out. And then I saw them play both material off both of those live that you know that same year when they were well, both of the years they came out because when they did the tour in 2015, and then they did uh, Warped in 2017, and it sounded good. It's just one of those. Yeah, it sounds good. 
And then going back to them this week, I was like, oh, there's some really good shit on here, dude. It's crazy, because, like, I, I mean, obviously, Wormwood was the first one I really fucking listened to. And then it was Continent, because I had downloaded... Well, then Death is the only... I always call it Death is the Immortal. Death is the only mortal? Yeah. That, that album came out. Sense. And it's weird, because, like... I think for a long time, those were the three that I just listened to fucking like crazy. I mean, for for listening to Acacia Strengths, I really don't listen to them that often. Like, but then, but then, like, I remember when Coma Witch came out. I remember listening to him on the Jossa show where he was talking about, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I did the sleep deprivation thing, and then yeah. I wrote the lyrics. And then fucking Grave Bloom comes out, and it's like, I'm fully aware that both of these albums are out, and I just never really fucking listen to them. Right. I really do like the band. I, I'm not trying to say, fuck, I don't like them. It's just... It's not as top they're, of priority. They're not some. necessarily, I guess, go-to for me. I mean, and here's another thing I notice. I'll end on this. This fucking band sucks shit to listen to on your fucking phone speakers. All I can imagine is it just all... Dude, listen to it on a decent stereo or decent Bluetooth speaker and fucking listen to it loud. They are a thousand times better to listen to loud, dude. They're just one of those bands. I don't know what it is. It's not because the guitars are overly low because I've listened to plenty of shit like that too on my phone speakers. Just if There's just something about... Maybe it's the mix or maybe there's just something... Maybe it's what they're saying or that horror night terror angle or something. It just doesn't come through on phone speakers. But god damn it, dude, they're just a band that you have to listen to loud as fuck. Yeah, most definitely. And I dig it. Acacia Strain. We are pro Acacia Strain. That's the takeaway. yeah. Um, so, real quick, let's run through the biggest songs they have on Spotify. I think this is the first time my fucking number one and number two have been the band's number one and number two on Spotify. There you go. Which is stupid. <laughs> so, let's see... We got Tactical Nuke, 400,000 plays. We've got Jonestown, 500. Or we got Ramirez at also 500, though. Uh, the Impaler. Yeah, uh, real quick, seven of these ten songs are off Wormwood, so that's saying something right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's got a really good sound on it, man. Yeah, so if I don't say what album it's off of, it's off It's off of Wormwood. Uh, Impaler, 60, wait, 619,000. BTFM FDR. What was that? Bottom feeder, dude. Oh, I thought that was... <laughs> Never mind. Okay, yeah, okay, that works. Uh, That's the one about a mirror. Yeah. Oh, there you go. 15, 7, or 16, 700, Or a, a response 000. to a mirror. Yeah. The call and response thing? Yeah. Uh, their cover of Black Hole Sun got 678,000. That's off the Depression Sessions. Bitter Pill, we got 902,000. And that's off uh, Grey Bloom. Let's see. It's that one surprised me because I was like, man, did they release that as a single or something? Because I didn't think it was that great of a song. but I enjoyed it. I don't remember why, but I remember enjoying it. Oh, quick shout out. Quick Above, shout out. Below, the EP. Both songs awesome. Both songs say, sick fucking breakdowns on them. Yeah, because they also got that. I mean, there's a few that you could just they got money for nothing too. That was this other one I was going to say. Yeah. Which I was so bummed out when it wasn't a cover. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was really bummed out. We got these refrigerators. Oh, dude, I would love to hear Acacia Strain do a cover of Money for Nothing. Vincent, make it happen. <laughs> After that, we got Hills Have Eyes, the big single, with the video and all that off of Wormwood. And that was million point two. <clears throat> and then, as we said, Worthless off of Grey Bloom, 
1.4 million, and then the Beast of the Beasts. Beasts. 3.3 mil. Well deserved. Oh, actually, that brings, I guess, the, I'll end on this. Is it Beast or The Beast? Because if you listed. look if you look on like Wikipedia and stuff, or you look on some of the lyrics and stuff, it's called The Beast. When I downloaded the album, it was called The Beast. Everything I've seen of it on, uh, you know, as far as buying it, Amazon, all everything says Beast. But I've never. It's weird. It's it's listed as both it's Beast all, and yeah. The Beast. I mean, it's weird. the only way to know for sure is look on the back of the CD or whatever. Because I mean, like shit trades hands so many times and stuff gets fucked up. Right. By interns who were supposed to put it in digitally and whatnot. I always remember the song by Comeback Kid is um, The Concept Stays. And on every digital thing, it's The Concept Says. And then they got the, the Deftone song Fist. And it's listed as first everywhere. There's, there's plenty of them. So, yeah. Thanks again for joining us, folks. As always, appreciate it. Let us know what your favorite Acacia Strain stuff is. Let us th- hey, let us know what your favorite Acacia Strain piece of merch is. Because there's so many great ones, dude. As always, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Say hi to us. Metalist Pod on Twitter, Metalist Podcast on t- Instagram. Uh, we're just the Metalist on Facebook. I'm at Yes, it is I, David, on all the socials if you want to try to find me. Jason's at JZen Fitness on Instagram, and that's it still. That's right. He keeps it simple. Wise man. Uh, thanks again, as always, to the Godhammer guys for the awesome podcast. Uh, and until t- next time. The theme. Yeah. What did I say? Awesome podcast. I was testing you. I meant awesome podcast theme. (laughs) Uh, But until next time, eat your veggies. Fuck your prayers. See you then. Later.